0: Welcome to Tim Stodd's FM, a place to share new ideas, speak freely, and continuously find ways to live our best lives. And now your host, Tim Stoddard. Dude,
1: I just got fucking shocked again.
0: Well, you're, you got a lot of static. What's up, John? Hi, Tim.
1: How was Okeechobee?
0: Okeechobee was really good. Tell me about it. It's, we're just going to jump into that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I got a media pass. And a they accidentally gave me a photo pit pass what? while I was on media line. So
1: how'd that, you get the media pass? Was it through Sobernation again?
0: <laughs> I can't believe that still works still work. Well dude, the articles do pretty well. And then, yeah
1: the article that we did um, on the Sobernation Facebook so far did really well. Okeechobee was actually talking to Tori a lot to make because they wanted to like edit it and stuff because they, they thought that it was gonna Get a, a pretty far reach. Oh really? Yeah, so they were into it.
0: Oh, cool. Well, so you got a pit pass. So I got a pit pass and I didn't know what limits it had. Uh-huh. So day one, there's not a lot of like big artists and stuff playing. There's a lot of DJs on the Aquachobi stage. on Thursday. On Thursday. Yeah, yeah. There's um this band Too Many Zoos, who's kinda of blown up through Facebook. They're like a, they were a subway band okay. in New York City. I definitely suggest checking them out. Okay. They play like Punky dance jazz,
1: feel good, feel yeah, good vibe music. Good. It's
0: just good stuff. Yeah. So I walked up to the photo pit area and I just showed the guy my wrist and he's like, "Yeah, go ahead." And I'm like, literally at the stage, I was like, "Oh my god, this is crazy." And uh-huh. I, was like, I wonder how far I can push this. So later that night, Blunts and Blondes was playing on the Incendia stage. That's what
1: they're called, Blunts and Blondes. Blunts and
0: Blondes, CDM nice. like dub. I don't know how to classify that stuff anymore. Go womp mm-hmm. womp sometimes. It's good. And I walk and I'm literally like on the stage with them. Like I'm like standing behind the DJ and like panicking so hard. I was like, I you're have scared to get kicked off. No, it's just like, I don't have business here. Like a lot of these people have worked much harder than I <laughs> to get to this point. And I've been accidentally given this opportunity and I wanted to obviously take full advantage of it. Mm-hmm. So the music festival for me, usually it's a lot of, you know more music and stuff but a lot of this was like i have an opportunity to like prove myself as yeah. a photographer and and do well and that's like every every bit of time i had of course minus big gigantic playing i put my camera away into the to the rv mm-hmm. because i just didn't have it in me did not dance my heart out to absolutely but everything else it was just a really cool experience meeting some of these people that have shot a lot of festivals and everything yeah. and this is something I don't enjoy a lot of or find passion in a lot of stuff and going into the photo pit, like my heart's racing and like you're taking these pictures and you're taking these pictures of these people that are riding the rail and everything. And you're capturing this moment that they'll probably remember for a long time like that, of course. that moment, but, but you're free. I have a lot
1: of like, those moments that.
0: But yeah, just kinda, it's kind of like the Jim and Pam in the office that's yeah. like the, the mental picture because life moves really fast sometimes. But you're taking this picture and you're giving it to them. Like I would take their picture and give them my card. And like I hope they find the photos because, you know, I would want a picture of me riding the sure. only one is for Alabama Shakes and Maru yeah. in like 14 or 15 or something like that. But you, I would talk to some of the other photographers and some of them loved being there. They're like, this is the best. And like, you know, you're standing there and – who was it? It was like, um, Snoop Dogg was on stage and I'm like eight feet from Snoop Dogg and, what? He's, like, yeah, and he's rapping and I'm like, oh my God, I'm like so excited. And then like, right, like Ganja White Knight and like the beat's just crazy. And I'm like dancing my heart out. And then there's people that are miserable.
1: How could you possibly be miserable eight feet away from Snoop Dogg? Right,
0: but this is, you know, that's their job. job. It's their job, and they hate it. And I'm like, oh, my God, would this person want, like, an office job? Mm -hmm. Because that's, like, the worst, even though it's technically what I have right now
1: and then why are you hate being here
0: i just don't like being in an office this is a good office but cool you know based off of my past office
1: <laughs> there's I, been a few I, of I,
0: them yeah i really don't <laughs> i don't like offices you know that gives you a level of freedom and yeah. you know i shot differently than everybody else because a lot of people will have assignments and everything mm-hmm. the stuff that they have to shoot they have to go to these sets mm-hmm. but i was kind of able to freestyle and run around and everything but yeah it, it it made me think like no matter like that's like my dream job is being able to do that for a living, take pictures of musicians and people having a good time and sh- be able to share those experiences with others and let other people relive that amazing memory for the rest of their life. Because you-
1: Sean, I had no idea that that's what you, you were doing up there.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was it was cool. Man, you and know, then I did Sober Nation interviews, which was really cool. I got to meet some really good people. Sure.
1: That. I mean, you've always talked about how passionate you are about music festivals. And you know what? I think that's almost like... Uh, Because Sachs kind of called me out the other day because I've been a little bit disconnected from everybody just because I've been so, like, focused on what I'm doing and and working and shit like that. And I just figured you guys were doing Okeechobee like usual, and I knew that every time you had a press pass, um, you had, like, a cool experience through it, but it sounded like this one was...
0: This was very different because my first press pass was at Bonnaroo Mm -hmm. in 16... I remember something. you I, saying
1: how like nervous you got about the whole thing. Yeah, so overwhelming. Because I thought a lot
0: more went into it, but it you know, it gave you some access to places and yeah. I was, that was really exciting for me, like being behind these stages mm-hmm. that I have so mem- so many memories tied to and so much happiness. Like I got engaged there and like being able to be behind the scenes and see how much goes into just making a single moment happen for 50,000 people to enjoy, sure. like it was it was really crazy. <clears throat> and then Okeechobee's on a much smaller scale; it's a little less organized. And it's everything. still a pretty
1: big scale, though. Okeechobee's it's, it's a big like festival—forty
0: thousand people. It's, yeah. it's about—it's on the smaller side. is like a hundred and ten thousand.
1: God, I thought Bonnaroo was bigger. No, no,
0: that's—that's <laughs> that's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I think it's the it, that or Coachella have to be one of the they biggest in the United States. I don't yeah, know, I don't know sure. what it technically is. I think you should go for it. I am going. I'm. I'm trying.
1: Yeah, I just. I knew that it was something that you had talked about before, but listening to you speak about it right now, and it seemed like I think you've had a little bit of experience, just kind of getting a press pass here and a press pass there, and kind of learning sort of your ins and outs. And every time you go, you get some more experience and like some more to take away from it. And just seeing your face and listening to you talk about it now seemed like you've really felt comfortable in it and like you were in your element and confident and like taking the pictures that you wanted to take and you're
0: sort of I was absolutely terrified. Really? <laughs> yeah. You don't because you don't you sound only, like it. Well, you only have 3 songs when they let you into the pit. Okay. So it's not like you could just So they rotate like, through
1: photographers you're saying?
0: No, everybody goes in. For three songs. For three songs. And then there's like two or three like festival photographers or like some of the bigger name people Yeah. that'll go in and be able to be there for the whole time. Okay. But in those three songs, I get lost in the moment in the music sometimes. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm taking a picture for three minutes. Yeah. Because I've been rocking out or whatever. But. No, yeah, it was a really cool experience. But you Uh, really got to do Big Gigantic this time, right? Yeah, they were fantastic. I fucking told you, man. No, listen, I remembered last time. I know, but you
1: guys left like two songs into it, it, and you left me there by myself. No, no, no,
0: no. It was like two or three songs into it. No, no, no. They went on at like 10.30. And Kendrick went on at, at like eleven, eleven thirty.
1: Yeah, and no, Kendrick went on at eleven. You like, guys, I know, no, because I heard fifteen I... goddamn minutes. I remember because I was so bitter that you guys left me there by myself, and it was like one of the funnest shows I've ever been to. So most fun, the most fun, mm-hmm. one of fun, the funnest. Fun. <laughs> That's not in English. Okay. <laughs> all right, I'm glad you got to see them, though, man. They were really like. That moment that you were saying where you capture, capture that picture and, and you have those moments that really stick with you. That big, gigantic show was one of them for me. That, the, the that amount, was out of control.
0: The, the amount that they've blown up over the past two years. Often festivals. It's Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Like their stage production last time was two dudes with a booth and a screen behind them, mm-hmm. and that was it. This time yeah. they brought out like eight other people playing all like wind instruments, wow. and they had freaking um, like the air cannons with the, the, and everything, you mm-hmm. know? So what's the next festival that I'm doing? Yeah, I don't. I have no idea. I've applied for thirty, something like that. Do you think the you follow me at um at music for balance? on Instagram. That's music for balance on Instagram. Jesus,
1: that was the cup falling.
0: The cup's been falling.
1: I heard. I thought that was like a pop. I thought like I set something up wrong. That
0: cup was down. Gotcha. But
1: uh, yeah, and I'll I'll link all that stuff in uh in the show notes and everything. Do you think that like, the the fact that you represent Sober Nation gives you a better opportunity because music festivals uh, want to portray, like, the sobriety side and, like, the healthy side and just the music side and not be seen as just, like, big drug um, and
0: drunk fests? Y- you'd be surprised at... Mm-hmm some of the responses from some of the festivals like Sunfest. I feel like that's a pretty big staple down here in South Florida. Sure. I feel like the recovery community is huge, obviously, in South Florida. And yeah. this is where Sober Nation is located. I've applied to them three years in a row and gotten denied every time. Wow. Um, and I know it's a different type of festival. You know, I feel like drugs are more affiliated with with camping festivals. But if you go to Sunfest, the amount of like sixteen-year-old kids, you oh, see my a goodness. rolling face on Crazy. Molly. They're like, "Oh, yeah. is that Molly?" <laughs> and then they take it all, and they pass out. It's uncomfortable. Yeah, it's it's a it's a weird thing. Mm-hmm. But um, Lollapalooza, I've never gotten approved for. I did. Did you apply to
1: that before? Yeah,
0: every oh. year. Um, cool. And it's gonna be different this year. You know, with Cat and I moving, there's a lot of stuff in like that Midwest area.
1: Yeah, we haven't really talked about that too much. Yeah. When's the date that you're, you think you're going?
0: April 27th is the set closing date right now.
1: For your house? Mm-hmm. And you guys just have to get out of there.
0: Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. They're supposed to send me the sign contract today because then we need to move into inspection and all that. How's Kat
1: feel stuff. about the whole
0: thing? We're both really excited. Yeah. You know, it's, it's weird right now. Like, it's sinking in because B. Kelly moved out. Mm. So it's just so, you two in the house. Yeah. Not having a roommate for the first time ever. You know? Uh-huh. Lived on my own. On my own. It's things weird. have changed a lot. Yeah, things have changed. Well, we're getting old. We're almost. I'm almost thirty. You're old, yeah, 30. I'm thirty-one. Yeah,
1: it's tough sometimes when. When you drive around and because I take you know my my house is a quarter mile away, so I drive up and down the same street. Most of the time, I'm just skateboarding, mm-hmm. and I'm going like, man, how many times are you gonna skate up and down the same exact street? And then you start to think of like. Man, but I I have such a place in my heart around here and around like South Florida and like all the good times we had together. But then there's also this other like reality where it's like, Man, I think maybe that shit is like passing by,
0: you know? Yeah, it's it's a really strange feeling. I've been down here for like ten years Mm -hmm. now and I was like watering my plants and I was like, This is like one of the last times I'm gonna be I put a lot of time and a lot of energy and I've had I've had such a crazy And you just got that grass to grow. Right. (laughs) I've had such a crazy variety of emotions here and such change in my life. I've gone from somebody that got their first home with a a girlfriend and two roommates, Mm -hmm. one being Butcher and then one that revolved, you know, constantly. Yeah, always. And then it turned into a house with my fiance and two close friend roommates and then a house with my wife and one of my best friends. And now it's just a house with my wife and a bunch of dogs and a bunch of dogs. Yeah. And then it's going to be somebody else's house where their memories are going to be made. Like we just had new neighbors move in next door. Awesome. Uh, young couple. And so we're like talking They're like, Oh, how's the neighborhood? And like the, Cat that's always outside my house. Tuna came up and they're like, "Is that your cat?" I was like, "No, that's Tuna." She just like walks around. They're like, "Oh, Tuna, get out of here!" Because they like jumped in their car. I was like, "Oh my god, I just gave this cat its infinite name forever." <laughs> like, just I know that sounds stupid, but it's so weird. It's like mm-hmm. this house has had such a huge impact on my life. Huge and impact on my life. Yeah, on
1: all of us for sure. You know that Halloween party we threw there was like one of the best times I've ever yeah. fucking had. Oh, I want to have a huge. You keep talking about that, man. I just don't think it's going to happen, though, because we're not like, we're just, one, we're not nearly as fucking cool as we used to be, you know? I was was
0: never cool, and I am below.
1: Yeah, but you had cool friends.
0: I had good hair. (laughs) That that, that was it. Everything else was a facade.
1: Yeah, but now your cool friends are kind of not that cool anymore. Butcher's gone. I, I don't really have a whole lot of, I mean, I spend most of my time here. With, I mean, I don't really like these people that much anyway.
0: Awful, <laughs> yeah, so. the worst. And then you're, you're engaged now. You know, it's... it's very yeah, good. I'm super it's, lucky though,
1: man. I, yeah. I don't... Oh, sure. I feel... I feel really, really excited about because you have to take a moment because it's easy to look back and like... I was watching Mad Men last night. Jules and I watched an episode of Mad Men of Mad Men every night before we go to bed and uh, we're on season four. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know who's seen it, but Don Draper is like kind of starting to really unravel at season four and he's writing in his journal and he had this line, which the first time I saw it, I really remembered and it kind of hit me again last night. And granted, like when Don Draper says it, it's way more fucking dramatic than like what's going on in my life, you know? But he says, um, something are tortured because we always want more, and we're ruined because we get these things, and we wish we had what we had before. So, Some along those lines, don't quote me. So it's kind of like, I remember years ago, we were always looking forward to these moments when life wasn't so crazy, and we all weren't like so fucking broke, mm-hmm. and like looking for a little bit of stability, and then you get here, and there's still part of you that kind of, can't help but look back with like nostalgia. I just like, oh man! But remember those other times when like we didn't have a fucking care in the world, and mm-hmm. mind you, at the time it was super stressful because like right. we had tons of cares, but we just didn't have like
0: real world responsibilities like we do now. Well, I-, I was thinking about when we were setting up everything, our trip to Vegas. Yeah, you know, and just how perfect that trip was mm-hmm. but in the moment there you know we had our van broken into there was so we much got, going yeah on. it was just absolute chaos yeah. but i still view that as the best vacation i've ever had, ever and, had. I, and i can't imagine something being better than that and it mm-hmm. drives me insane like i'm like oh my like i when we went to breckenridge when we went to colorado whatever that was like a month ago i was like oh my god this may top vegas
1: Not even it, was, close. it was a good time but like it <laughs> yeah. wasn't
0: even fucking close and are the stresses in our life and everything. Then like I got fired from my job a week after that trip for yeah. going on that trip. Mm-hmm. And it was the mo- it was the best. It was one of my least regretful things I've ever done. Yeah. And I, I don't know. It's- do you think the five of us will ever actually be able to do something like that again? I think we should be able to. Yeah.
1: Oh, I hope. So I haven't talked to butcher in
0: like, we just need to three months. We need to set something where it's just, Hey, at this time of the year, every year, we're going to go somewhere for yeah. like three days, two days. Not some something fucking expensive where we're going to go to Nome, Alaska, but like, hey, let's meet up in like Charlottesville or something like that. We rented this uh, VRBO house or what's that other one? What's the cooler Airbnb? one? Airbnb. Airbnb. VRBO? What yeah. the fuck is that? I don't know. I've rented houses off of it before. It's the, it's the same thing as Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, But um. Yeah, we run an Airbnb and we do something good. I hope so. I think yeah, I don't know why we wouldn't. It's not like all every all but of you, you run think... your own business and I just work <laughs> I do, yeah. and I just work for all three of you. So, like I just and then Cat's job is fake but so real. Yeah, Cat has a real job.
1: Cat's in charge of like some really important shit. Yeah. Do you because I have to remind myself, though, as you get a little bit older and you look back, sometimes I have to remember that I still think the best is yet to come. Because now we have like way more freedom. I mean, not that we didn't before, just but we had freedom before because we just didn't listen to
0: anybody. Yeah.
1: Like now we have freedom because, because we just literally have more control
0: over our lives. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No, my freedom levels have have skyrocketed. I used mm-hmm. to have fake freedom. And you used
1: to talk about freedom all the time. Because that's all I
0: wanted. Yeah. You know, was was a a job that didn't stress me out where I would be flying home from a vacation and not be like, oh, my God, I hope this plane crashes so I don't have to go to work. Mm -hmm. That would give me a good excuse to not go in. (laughs) I've never felt that. (laughs) When I had my gallbladder taken out and I was at the hospital, I told Kat, I was like, this is the best day I've had in a long time. I was like, I turned my phone off. No one can call me. I was like, this is perfect. And I watched Netflix in a hospital bed in excruciating pain for 24 hours, and it was perfect. And that's insane yeah. that I hated my job that much, that having a, a... A gallbladder surgery. Yeah, having part of my body removed was the best. And it's not like that anymore. Like, I could show up here kind of when I want, you know, within reason.
1: Yeah, but you know what that tells me, man? I was... I was trying to find out, like, a message behind my Timstods.com site and, like, what it is that, like, I really believe in at the core of, like, all the other shit that I do, you know? And what I said is it bothers me that even though we have all of this access to information and technology and resources, most of the people, maybe in the world, I don't know, definitely in the country... Still hate their fucking jobs. Of course. Like the majority of people still hate their jobs. And I don't think it has to be that way. Like I'm not saying that everybody's going to have their absolute dream job, but even if, like, yeah, you have to do a nine to five to pay the bills, you still have opportunities to have like a hobby that you're passionate about that can make you some money. And like maybe over time you can slowly kind of transition into that. And I think listening to you right now about the photography and like seeing that light that i think everyone is looking for where it's like that's what i want to do and i don't know why more people don't just like try to go after that because what, what do you have to lose like eventually I, you're just gonna die
0: no i feel like a lot of people you know if if kat wasn't a nurse you know i wouldn't be able to do the job that i'm doing right now thankfully she makes good money and i make good money to get us by but if we had kids, mm-hmm. you know, once you have, once that happens, true, you know, and some people just become complacent. They're like, well, this is my job. Like my, um, my brother-in-law, he's a, a very good husband and a very good father. Hates his job but he makes good money, you know, and he has great benefits. So it allows my nephew to stay healthy and give him an opportunity, but he will be able to retire in 20 something years and then pursue those dreams. Mm -hmm. But it's, I think it's money, it's fear, it's comfort you know and it's and,
1: probably easy for me to say it in my situation it's got to yeah. be a whole other thing when you have a kid
0: yeah i mean and even for me dude like when i had my old jobs i almost went back into it because it's what i knew it's what i'm comfortable with and i know i'm good at it yeah and if i started that again then it would who knows i have no idea there is out of all the things in my life
1: that i'm like, really terrible at and the mistakes that I've made, and um, you know, things that like, I wish I could have done differently. Uh, speaking for me, and I almost feel weird saying this because I'm, I'm trying not to brag. I think I've done a, a good job of like pushing through those sort of initial like fears mm-hmm. that you have in order to kind of take those leaps to go out on your own. Um, I think that's probably the most important thing. Like, just being able to look at something and be like, you know what, I don't know how this is going to turn out. I might fall flat on my face but like fuck it i'm gonna give it a shot i think i've done that pretty well
0: yeah no you you take a lot more chances than most people yeah you've built something where you're able to be comfortable and it's always finances i think that keep a lot of people from from trying things in the fear of failure because if you go out and you fail something when you don't have something backing you up then you're really, really taking that chance. I give a mm-hmm. lot of credit to those people that are like, well, I just can't do this anymore. I'm going for it. And I get so sad. There was this little ice cream shop that opened up next to the post office in Del Rey Okay. On Linton. And I was like, oh, it's like this little family-owned place. Went and I got my ice cream. And it was as good as any other ice cream. It wasn't like, oh, I got it. I don't but know. it was the vibe. Right, but like. it was cool. Yes. It's a little mom and pop place. And I went to the post office yesterday, and now it's a pizza place with different owners. I'm like, oh, my God, these people. Anytime I see like a closed-down family They put so much into yeah, they, it, right? They were like, honey, we're going to do this. We're going to open up this ice cream shop. It may not be the best, but it'll be enough to get us by. And it'll be ours. It'll be ours. Yeah. And now they, now it's gone. And the husband's putting a garden hose around his neck, seeing <laughs> if his chimney's strong enough. John. <laughs> just yeah, man. Credit, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, you, you gotta give somebody credit for trying, right? But, I mean, shit. I think people. I think that happens more often than people actually succeed at it.
0: Yeah. Like most yeah, of the, the time, it fails. Fail. Mm-hmm. Most people fail. I have at to most figure things. out a
1: way to, to set this thing up so I can actually lean into it
0: what the mic i just got to figure out a way that i could sit like a person no like because i got this, like
1: this standing desk here mm-hmm. which is great because i like to stand when i work mm-hmm. but then when i do these podcasts i can't really
0: you know like there well, i can't <laughs> i got some work to do i guess <laughs> i don't know what to do with my body and these armrests don't go down anymore and it just hits the thing So it's like Oh, so you can't go in. I can't I can't go in. I can't go in, I can't lean back. Come on, John. Have you ever used the fucking office chair? I thought I did that. It is early, Tim.
1: (laughs) The look on your face just then, you're like, oh yeah. I thought I did
0: that. I guess I didn't
1: do it. So what do you think, man? Are you gonna are you gonna give music for balance like a real shot after all the shit that I've been talking Um, about doing it for who knows how long?
0: The writing about music is exhausting. I just want to be like, listen, here's a band, listen to them, take my suggestion as my word. Because I don't think that's true, though, man. I don't like writing about music. I don't feel like I could capture like what it is. I'm better at like creative writing and stuff like that. But writing about music, it's it makes you feel something that's usually hard to explain. If you really enjoy the music that you're listening to and, and what that person's saying or whatever it is that catches you originally, mm-hmm. that makes you start listening to it more and then that music becomes such a staple in your and life. I am just saying, it's tough to encapsulate that on right. a uh, page. Yeah, I mean, I could write a bunch of nonsense and be like the incendiary guitar scales of Billy Gordon blow you away as you walk in <laughs> the lights behind you, but that's fucking bullshit. <laughs> it's fucking, it's such bullshit. I'd rather take the pictures and let people feel the experience like who that artist is maybe through a photo or get an idea well you can
1: make blog articles that's just pictures yeah
0: i'm just gonna see if i could get a a photo some take pictures of shit i don't even know what it is i've been writing a little bit more so you're not necessarily sold on having like your own brand you just want to do the work yeah I'll, i'll work for friggin some concert venue
1: cool or something that's cool i couldn't imagine living that way man and I think it's just like the the rebellious side of me that like can't stand the fact of having somebody tell me anything. Like, yeah. be here at this time. I'm just gonna be like, no. Even though like I should be there at that time, and I was probably gonna go there anyway. Yeah. Just the fact that somebody said like you need to be here at this time just makes me not want to do it. But I know that's just my like ego talking. And I think if you can find an opportunity to do that kind of work even if it's for someone else you should definitely do it i just man i don't know i just think that you i just think that you have such a unique perspective on music you know more bands and you know more music than anybody i've ever known and i think maybe it's just the the medium of actually writing that's getting in your way why don't you just make videos instead videos are a lot of work
0: what no they're not me talking you mean yeah Oh. Yeah, not videos. That shit is a lot of work. A lot oh, of editing. No, I, mean, I don't know. If I see a video that starts with the view of a person, like a selfie or something, I instantly hate that person. You're included. <laughs> I it. thought you said you turned it off. I did John. silence it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't silence all the way. Either. I
1: don't think that's true, though, man. This is what we're doing right now.
0: Right. I wouldn't watch this. Yes, you would. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You've never watched like a show on YouTube before? you've never watched like a, a music show on YouTube that has people that Tony like this
0: concert. I don't like, I don't,
1: I don't know. But the majority of the people out there do like content in, in that format. So like,
0: why wouldn't you just give it to them? Um, how do I say it? I don't want to ever put something out there that I wouldn't enjoy myself. such to argue that man, yeah cause
1: if like your heart isn't into the right. shit that you're it's creating like, yeah. then like, you're gonna feel it <laughs> I'm really sorry when you push your hair back like Dude. that you got like a real mullet thing going Dude, on it's so <laughs> bad right now it's so, look at this yeah you gotta cut that shit
0: I can't I went to, and I I got it like trimmed and shit it's just so mullety I need a hat the hat will throw it off let me see the hat it's the eagle's hat I don't care it's a, oh, and my your head <laughs> don't stretch my hat <laughs> With your watermelon head, it's not, it's not that big. Let me put it on the largest setting.
1: Oh my god, that actually fits you on the largest. It's not the largest. <laughs> it's a it. little too
0: big. <laughs> I put it backwards. Your so head does, is so fucking huge. It's not that big. Okay, so oh like, man, we I'm saying- losing <laughs> it live on Facebook. <laughs> so like, um, do I look like a a bully from a '90s movie?
1: You look like a uh, Sid from Hey Arnold. Wasn't I that his a name? It hot dog nose. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. It had the hot
0: dog nose. It tucked into he, his hat. But he had no... the
1: backwards hat with like the big hole and the yeah. strap going around. <laughs> yeah. That's
0: a bad look. So. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Yeah. Put it. I don't know. Your mother just really fucking called Dude, me. <laughs> it's so bad. And I've asked Kat and she's just so nice. I'm like, does this look so She's like, no. It so looks just tight. tell me I look like a piece of shit.
1: Why are you okay. so obsessed with growing your hair long
0: again? It's just my personality. I feel like it's right. It's like when anybody gets a haircut for something, if you want to get a deep cut in the side so you have a deep part, it's because you're a douchebag and you want people to know, like, I fucking suck. (laughs) You know? I. I Isn't that
1: what Butcher had for like two years? Yeah.
0: yeah, He was 100% right. (laughs) Sax just shaves his head because he's like, I really don't care that much.
1: Sax doesn't shave his head, though, and I keep telling him he should shave his head, but he's scared because he's balding, and he doesn't want to, like, really... Yeah dive into the I'm losing my hair. He knows. But he knows. He <laughs> exactly. Knows. I'm like, Sax, just shave your head and grow a beard. Like
0: you'll look fucking cool. Oh, shave it, shave it. Yeah. Like bick it? No, 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 no. Not
1: like not like a skinhead type thing, but like the same oh my because God, he, he would be the worst
0: skinhead. He'd be so he's terrible. I mean Jewish, and he's Jewish. Jewish. <laughs>
1: <laughs> But no, I mean like the uh what do they call it? Like a fade, where it's like shorter on the size, then he has like a little bit of length yeah. on the top, but he needs to just go the same length all the way around. Yeah, but he won't do it. Could you imagine how cool Saks would look if he had like a real thick beard? He would look good with not a super thick beard, like about your
0: your thickness. Yeah, right he now. couldn't
1: do the the real beard. I hate that fucking look.
0: Uh, well, I, he didn't like my
1: no 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 not that like, big. Your
0: Marco does that shit. But Mine he's was different. like. I mean, like, like that.
1: That's why I think my okay. beard looks cool.
0: No, yeah, no, that, that's okay. But when I see somebody, okay. We're, we're taking a dark turn. Yeah, I'm just ha- getting, it sure got out weird. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll bring it back. You would rather, I, I shouldn't say you would rather. As long as you can go to festivals and take pictures of artists, you don't necessarily care if you're doing it for yourself or for a company or for the festival you just want to do that actual work.
0: Yeah, I mean, because even if I was working for somebody, it would be cool to have like that stability. I mm-hmm. do enjoy that st- financial stability yeah. because then you could also take it and use some of those pictures for yourself too. You could have your main thing where you work for them and then do your side thing too. You know, putting all of my time and all of my energy into making music for balance. there's so many music blogs out there. There's nothing that's going to make me stand out too much. I don't. I don't think. Oh I mean,
1: man, I totally
0: disagree, John. Because it's you. I know, things,
1: but that's but... exactly what I'm saying. Like, you know, I would never say this shit just to fuck you up. If, like, what you were doing was stupid, I would tell you it was stupid. Yeah. But, like, your perspective on music is unlike anybody, is unlike anyone I've ever met, man. Like, you know more about music than anyone. I think I just pretend to. No, it's not <laughs> because you listen to it all. And, like, yeah. it's not necessarily that you know the facts behind it, it's like you're really in touch with. Like you were saying before that feeling that's what music does right it's it's art so like regardless of the technicalities behind music and like wow this guy has a really good style here and this guy like you know can pull styles from this way i'm not talking about that i'm talking about that feeling that Mm -hmm. music gives you which is why we all listen to it you know like you understand that better than anybody And you appreciate that better than anybody. And like when I listen to you talk about music, it makes me fucking feel that. And I think you really have that to give. I do, man.
0: I really think you have that to give. Maybe maybe I'll try a video or something because typing it out is like.
1: And then I need to figure out
0: why my blog looks the way it does because I don't know what I'm doing with that. Yeah, that's just because you hosted it on WordPress. Yeah, it's just gross. Mm -hmm. Super gross looking.
1: But I mean, even with that, man, you know who Seth Godin is? No. (laughs) <laughs> well Seth Godin is uh, basically like a marketing guru he's written like 17 best selling books and he doesn't even have his own hosted blog he did his like you did our work 17 books 17 best stop, stop <laughs> just yeah I know and he just <laughs> keeps cracking them out he's written a blog article every day for like 12 years every fucking day and it's not like it's not even his website. It's typepad.setthgoden.com. So, like, he, he uses TypePad. He pay, he says he pays, like, 12 bucks a month for it. But it's just that, like, his message is so profound. He doesn't do social media. He doesn't do anything. And it's, like, it's one of the most successful blogs that's ever been. So, like, yeah, what I'm saying is your website does look like shit. But if if the content that you deliver can speak that that message that like we were just talking about i think it will be fine yeah i think you just gotta do it man i really do i think you just gotta just, do it the
0: blog stuff just doesn't
1: it just doesn't do it for you not
0: really no
1: would you be interested in a podcast no would you be interested in youtube videos probably not just want to take the pictures.
0: I want to take pictures and judge people. <laughs> That's like my idea if I could take your picture and then tell you how I feel about your face in it. <laughs> oh my god. That would be the most perfect job. <laughs> but Yeah, no, well. No, I mean I'll I'll figure it out. It's it's something I'm just kind of taking as it comes. J. Roddy Wilson reference. Yeah. I got, out right I got it. Right now taking as it comes, essential terms. Um Yeah, I'm just yeah, I'm and I'm gonna think... let it let it happen. I'm gonna try and get as many pictures as I can. I want to start going. To, I wrote Revolution in Fort Lauderdale. Cool. If they want somebody to take pictures for free, and mm-hmm. I'll do it. That's a good move. Yeah, and I, I think you're also probably right with just
1: doing it that way. Like I just know how much how passionate you are about this, and I think maybe like I want this for you. <laughs> you do know, want to
0: start a blog for okay? me?
1: Well, that's easy. But do <laughs> I want to write it? No, yes. definitely not. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to do any of your work. Nah. Um. I don't know how long has it been. I don't have my glasses on. What's that say? It says thirty four minutes and. 50 <sighs> Jeez, it feels like it's been like thirty hours. Right, of like us it's, talking. It's yeah. Did we... Um. Well, <laughs> I need some help, John, with the podcast—the one that we're doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've been expecting experimenting with like a lot of different options and i want your take on it because for some reason i I trust your judgment so i've been doing podcasts where like i wake up in the morning and i research something that i find interesting um like i did a little podcast on esports because i know you guys make fun of me but since i started playing starcraft i got into the whole esports uh, culture I and like it's. I
0: like video games. I don't make
1: fun. not make of you for that. I guess I kind of make fun of myself because I never thought I would be into it. Right. But um, but it's fucking fascinating, dude. Like, there's this one game that had 290 million people watching it. Two people playing computer games against each other, and 290 there was million. Million. To put that in perspective, like an average NBA game gets like 60 million people. So like esports.
0: I think the Super Bowl has like sixty million viewers. Yeah,
1: you might be right. Don't so put me World on it. World
0: Cup is the most viewed thing.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, this video Should game. I pull it up.
0: I'm gonna. As you're gone. As gonna, yeah, as, as gonna, I'm gone. Pull, I'll I'll up pull it up. many?
1: And fiction, Mike. You just knocked it off. There we go. Um. So anyway, the point is that I've been doing like these little ten to fifteen minute podcasts that I sort of do a little bit of research and I just sort of do like a a quick blurb on what my take and my thoughts on that are and I like that because I don't have to plan you know like getting guests in here is kind of a pain in the ass because you got to like reach out to people and get them in here and like coordinate the times and stuff but there's also a side of me that thinks that there's something like really authentic about sitting down across from someone and having like a genuine conversation because like that doesn't really happen that much anymore you know but at the same time, I wonder how many more like guests podcasts could there possibly be? And like, how do I actually stand out in doing that? So in your opinion, Mm -hmm. should I stay with like these little kind of bite sized chunks where I just do like a 10 or 15 minute episode and I just do a monologue and I kind of speak about whatever's on my mind that day, or should I keep doing it in here where I bring in a guest? And I don't know why the fuck you're laughing at me right now. (laughs) Where I bring in a guest and I can learn about other people because that's the other thing about doing it this way is like it's not about me, you know. Like I generally get to learn like cool stuff about other people that I didn't know before. So, what do you like listening to more?
0: Um. Okay. First off, the World Cup final had one billion. (laughs) So that's a little bit more. It's a little bit (laughs) slightly more. Um. Okay, Bill Burr is one of my favorite people to ever exist. Yeah, He's he does. fantastic. Just a solo shot. He does a solo podcast, and it's a little too much for me. I, you mean too much Bill Burr? Too much Bill Burr, which is a lot for me to say because I've watched all of his comedy specials in like one day before two of them. It's a lot. It's mm-hmm. a lot of comedy. Um, I don't care about anybody's opinion enough to listen to only them talk about any I don't really it doesn't really matter who it is I don't know why I maybe it's my attention span maybe it's, mm-hmm. it's something that's changed but 15 minutes yeah that's okay but Bill Burr's podcast for like, it's like an hour it's like an hour hour yeah. and 20 minutes I'm like okay like I love your view on the world I, I agree with 98% of it but it's just it's too much I wish he would bring people on there because when I hear Bill Burr in another interview that's being you know run by somebody or something like that where it's a little bit more orchestrated because when you're going in there solo it's really hard to follow your timeline mm-hmm. you can go off on a tangent like I'm going off on no, right, I hear you. right now when you have somebody else there it kind of helps dictate it because if they keep going then you would interrupt me
1: can interject yeah right
0: and and bring in a, a different fresh thought
1: i think i think that is something that has a lot of merit because well, okay, two things. Bill Burr did have this little podcast about, um, you ever see that video of the two kids in Australia, the one like kind of overweight, I don't want to be mean and like bullying him, but he's like a 14-year-old and he's big. You know, he's probably if a little bit too he's big. he's a
0: fat kid, people need to listen. He, he, he's a
1: little bit of a fatty. Let's talk about that really quick. But hold on, don't interrupt me. <laughs> don't interrupt me because... Okay, this is, a, this is what I was talking about. I got gotcha. you. So there's this poor, helpless overweight kid Mm -hmm. and there's this other skinny little kind of weasley looking kid and he's punching him right in the face in front of everybody and so then he (laughs) he body slams him right listening to bill burr talk about this youtube video had me dying like i could not stop fucking laughing because he's talking about it and he's saying excuse me i'm like i'm laughing
0: snuggle fritz
1: but so anyway there was that side of bill burr but then i also heard bill burr on the tim ferris podcast Mm -hmm. and tim ferris when he interviews people is like super methodical and he like does a lot of research and he really takes his time like he doesn't speak fast and i got to hear like a whole nother side of bill burr that i didn't know before you know like i learned about his upbringing and i learned about like some shit with his childhood and how like for him Humor and comedy, which is, is probably pretty common, but was almost like a defense mechanism, 100%. you know what I mean? Because you yeah. got picked on a lot. Yeah, young kid, redheaded kid from Boston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I think you're, you're probably right that just because there's a lot of other people that do sort of these interview style podcasts doesn't necessarily mean there's not like room to do it
0: my own way. I'm not saying you can't do it your own way. I was pretty much saying I never want to hear you talk solo for an hour ever <laughs> ever about anything <laughs> okay. well thanks Sean uh, no problem
1: um, okay now you can go on your fucking tangent about fat kids it's not about fat kids I
0: was a little fat kid I'm still kind of fat you, yeah, know? you look good though um, thanks um, mm-hmm. bullying and stuff like that uh, yes I'm against like Intensive bullying, like taking that one kid and singling them out and making their life absolute misery. But you need to make fun of each other as kids. You need to know if you're being a faggot, like somebody's got to be like you're kind of being a faggot. Do you I, you I don't, there, don't mean that in the. you do you know what have I mean to it. go there? But you know what I mean. Yeah. You know if I do know exactly what you mean. Right, and, and it's not a derogatory term. Uh, gay people are love them. You know they're mm. they're great. But that was a term that we used, and it still makes perfect sense in my head because I can't think of another word that puts it better than you know. If I'm walking with my friends and we're 12 years old, and Kevin has a stick and he's just swinging it around and starts poking people with it, he's you know you're starting to bother me, and then he keeps doing it's like you're gonna be a you know. And you have to let people know that they're if they're being an asshole or yeah. if they're being a bitch or, or whatever. However you want to say it in whatever way that, you know, you need I to I like know. douche. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Douche, douche feels right to me. For some people. Some people get class... There's so many classifications out there that people can <laughs> fall into. <laughs> but you need to know when you're doing those things. It's like when you meet somebody that was homeschooled. You're like, this guy's real weird. You know, because he didn't go through school and his parents are oh he's trying. Yeah. You know, his dad was his dad was never like, Hey, you kinda when you kicked that ball as a straight foul and kickball and made us lose, you kinda fucking (laughs) suck. Like you're kinda the worst, you know? Now think about that and think about how you're gonna kick it from now on. And or or anything like that. I know exactly what you said. not sports involved or doing something stupid. Like there's this kid. For years, and I don't know how he lasted so long (laughs) would raise his hand in class and whatever the topic was would just say a joke about it. But it was never funny, ever. It got to the point where in high school people, and when he would raise his hand, people would go, oh, my God. And he just kept doing it. And, like, I give him credit for following what he loves, I guess. But most people, once you heard one, you'd stop. Sure. you'd be like maybe i'm maybe this isn't my thing maybe i'm not maybe i'm not funny that's why i didn't keep playing soccer you know not my thing mm-hmm. not coordinated with my feet i heard a lot of people go oh when i was playing soccer don't need to play that anymore some people be like oh, i'm going to use that as motivation become better you're not going to be that good so <laughs> so to summarize, <laughs> to summarize that
1: rant <laughs> your rant i i think it's important that we make sure we don't nerf the world right like there's some value Absolutely. in people hardening each other i mean dude i'm i'm the perfect example you know like i think out of anybody i got picked on more than like anyone i've ever met mm-hmm. you know i was super skinny and gangly i was the most awkward person ever like my ears
0: i seen the picture start,
1: stuck out real far and i mean dude looking back at it with getting picked on in high school like i still get that feeling in my stomach for shit that happened like 15 years ago you know what i mean but now when people say mean things about me it's like i don't know it it rolls off you know what though maybe it doesn't it's kind of ironic um i don't know if it is actually ironic i hate when people misuse that word but um i sent out my daily newsletter two days ago and some woman replied to it saying like this is dumb. This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it caught me. It got me, I love <laughs> it got me so upset that I wrote like a real long, in-depth article about uh, dealing with haters and about how like if you're going out on a limb Did and you're you trying say to say dealing with haters. Yeah. But I also got like a little bit too far in it. Like I, I, I said some shit that like I, I really regret and especially because like since it's a newsletter, like I can delete a blog post, but you can't delete like an email that goes out right. to four thousand people, you know? Right. So this morning I didn't think much of it, but then like as I went back to read it, I kinda like wasn't angry anymore and I was like, Ugh, you mm-hmm. know, like man, yeah. I wish I could take that back. And so this morning I even sent like quote unquote an apology. So to so, one lady. No, well, I did email her personally, and said, like, hey, look, like, I said so many things about you, and, like, I'm really sorry, but also just to, like, my entire list, like, it was just, it wasn't, it wasn't like me to say those kind of things. I, I don't really like to hurt people, but the point I'm trying to make is, yeah, I say that things can kind of roll off a lot easier than they used to, and I think that that they do, but maybe there's some, like, deep scars in there if i'm getting picked on so much or oh, people yeah. say
0: things about you and i'm just like oh
1: you know what like
0: fuck yeah. you <laughs> yeah there's um a john mulaney skit about that he's like teenagers are the meanest people in the world if i see a group of teenagers walking down the street i will go on the other side because teenagers will make fun of you for the one thing that you're sensitive about <laughs> they're like oh look at that tall high-waisted man he's got feminine hips <laughs> he's like no that's what of a bad. but it's true because that shit will stick with you like i, I got both everybody, everybody in my school on. got picked on yeah, you know yeah. except like maybe a few people but they probably did by like their click or whatever i was a floater i kind of went so was i yeah i kind of fit in with everybody just enough to get by mm-hmm. and then i was also like fairly good with words mm-hmm. so so i guess that helped but you know that, that stuff does stick with you but it may it can,
1: but it's still important like i i, I I want a little bit out there. Like, I think that I think it's still important that. I guess it's almost it's like a of growing yeah it's like a pack mentality type thing like mm-hmm. you have to find out where you are
0: mm-hmm.
1: in like in the pack and if you're kind of a weakling like people are gonna sniff that you, out Like
0: 100 years ago you would have been so dead you, you just would have been dead well, not 100 exactly 100 years ago it's like 2020 already it doesn't make sense uh, I mean, that's 2018 that's two years away 100 years ago you yeah, know you'd be able to get by being like hey all. you know how people back then okay um, what is <laughs> that was uh i'm not doing that again it's very early in the board. <laughs> uh, but you know what i'm saying
1: i know exactly what you're trying to say like we we protect um feelings too much as if there's something like tragic about getting your feelings hurt
0: right i was offended making me correct in the situation yeah we talked about this last time because we did, it drives me insane we
1: did talk about that and Since I never published that episode, I guess we can bring it up again. And maybe this time I have a little bit more like clarity as to what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. But the woman, her name was Brittany. She wrote an article about my clothing line and about how I'm, I don't even know what the term is anymore because there's so many terms for being offended. But I'm culturally appropriating people because I was putting white faces on, um, on black culture pretty much and uh offended that you said black do you, like yeah, here's I'm the kidding. i know but here's the thing that bothers me is that it's not even necessarily like i don't want to do the wrong thing and like i don't want to hurt anybody you know uh-huh. but it's more so where people are so nervous about just saying things that they don't actually get to like express themselves for fear Mm -hmm. of just like stumbling over their words a little bit because you can't necessarily get something out right perfectly the first time and then all of a sudden it's like ha, like I gotcha, (laughs) you know, like I, 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 yeah, exactly, (laughs) like I trapped you in this tiny little flaw of imperfection that like you may not necessarily
0: have done right and I think that's a real bummer. Yeah, people are very flawed and we're not equal at all. There's definitely people that are a lot better than other people. I definitely feel mm. like people deserve you know equal opportunities and stuff like that. Totally agree. But there's people that are way better at stuff than other people. Yeah, I totally and, agree. And men and women are very different and mm-hmm. each different races have different things that they're you know, good but at and yeah, that they're bad at. It's just it's evolution. It's because of how and over culture the culture you know, and... over the past 50 years we haven't changed the previous whatever it is 120,000 yeah, years of evolution growing up where we grew up where we did our ancestors did and how we ended up here and everything like
1: what do you think is I think about this a lot. What do you think is like the trigger point? because I mean I'm only 31 from ages like 12 to 20 I don't remember all this stuff being such a topic of conversation. Where everybody was, like, so, so adamant. Like, where do you think this came from? Do you think it's really a social media thing where everybody has an opinion? It's
0: definitely a social media thing, Um, Hmm. I I think. You know, and, and there's other stuff that goes into it, too. Like, yeah, our world is pretty fucked up overall, but in the grand scheme of things, like, it's probably better than it's ever been
1: by far you know the statistics are if you
0: go strictly off of like violent crimes and everything like that yes there's some horrific violent things that happen that make you go wow this is terrible but you compare it to like a per capita violent rating from like the 80s or something like that we are doing better if you compare it to the years prior to that and then like all all, everything Mm -hmm. you know we're we're not in the midst of a war where our pretty much children are are being drafted to go fight for something they don't believe in. Sure, you know, like like in Vietnam, and you're, it, people need something to just be pissed off about and complain about. And it's Donald Trump, who I, I, I don't support, but it, it's enough. You know, mm-hmm. we, most people don't like him. It's okay. You can't. It's all on the news, and then you know, find something to voice your opinion about because everything else you have to say mm-hmm. that's not a complaint nobody fucking cares nobody wants to hear it so you have a complaint and people respond to it and they go ooh, Mm, ooh, a little like hit of dopamine yeah that's right
1: you know what i think it is too and this is like i have no evidence behind this it's just something that I've, i've observed i think that because things are so safe that these days it's almost like people need a little bit of a struggle, right? Like in our evolution, need, yeah. Like in our evolution, it was, it was, every single day was a struggle. Mm-hmm. And I think without that, like we almost need something to fight for and like rally for. And now that there's not, like you said, some huge war, and there's not, everybody can pretty much go to the grocery store and get food, and at least in our country, you know, and and for the most part, people have their needs met. And I think now that that is all satisfied, we're almost kind of just like clawing
0: at things. Yeah, it's much more, you don't hear people in Ghana, John, I don't even know how it's going <laughs> I don't know, it's an alarm for something that I don't need to do, mm-hmm. how people in Ghana, like they're not going to go and be like, oh my God, <laughs> I can't believe what these people said about this, like I'm so bothered, you know, it's such... And I hate this term, but it's such like a first world problem and a first world concern sure. uh, about being offended by these things. Yeah. And my alarm threw me off. I had such a. I was. I was gonna go. You were going. I kind of lost it. I hear what you're
1: saying, man. It, it seems like, like, the privileged are more offended. Mm-hmm.
0: We're we're like you were saying. We're so comfortable. And how you were talking about that, like that almost that need to want to survive, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's gone. And the sense of community, I feel like is, is lost a lot throughout most, you know, a, a lot of people in the United States. Yeah, And that's something that for thousands of years, it was I protect my family, my bloodline, my tribe, my, my tribe. Yep. I, this is who, what would you die for? I die for my people. I want to die for a lot. I would die for like eight people, maybe. But like the chances of their lives being in danger, where my life would, but that's not it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a lack of purpose for a lot of people, and then complaining and bickering and all that gives them a purpose I, in a way. I'm I'm grasping at straws. I'm just talking.
1: Yeah, but I I think you hit something there where you said a lack of purpose mm-hmm. when people have things that their agenda is clear. I i don't think that those the God see even here like I don't want to say those kind of people. You know what Just I mean?
0: Say it. Fuck everybody. Yeah, but it's we easy. suck. No, but every it's easy per- to say
1: that man, because there's repercussions
0: behind saying shit that every person like, sucks. Everyone that's listening to this, nah, you all suck your own, you all get suck get in your that. own way. I suck, Tim sucks. We all suck. We're good at some shit too. But for the majority, mm. most people suck.
1: No, I'm, even I'm not really, with you on
0: that. Even really good people, they suck.
1: Yeah, but I'm not with you with that. I think I think you. I choose to look at it the opposite way. I think everybody has some sucky things about them, but for the most part, like people are generally good. And I think it's the sucky things that we all choose to look at. And it's like that little tiny bit of our differences, mm-hmm. which is creating this huge wave of conflict because we're all so much more alike than we are different.
0: Yeah. I may have, I may have worded that wrong. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> no, we, we suck. I, I still support that. We're all super weird in like our own ways and everything. And we're all very different. Mm-hmm. But uh, how do I say this without, without being overly, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to like say we're all flawed. Yeah, we're all extremely flawed. Of course. Yeah, that's good. I, I got like you, that. buddy. Because yeah. saying we suck is like a very basic way to say that. But yeah, we, we all have extreme flaws, and we try and find what the flaws are in like other people. And, and we like look for them, right? Yeah, I don't even think we mean to. I don't mean to judge people as hard as I do. It's like a I'm, hobby of yours. Not even. I'll just be standing somewhere, and like, I have to like bring myself back sometimes and like mm. s- stop it. And find like the beauty and the innocence and everything like that in the world is like something that I've been trying to do more to like. I've been
1: trying to do that more too. Right, just
0: improve my daily view on life instead of being such like a negative prick about everything.
1: No, I've been trying to do that more too. You know, and before we started recording, what has really, really helped, honestly, is I deleted my Facebook account. I deleted my Instagram account, and the other thing I did, which probably doesn't get talked. About the same amount as social media, but I think in a way it's almost worse because of how incestuous it is. I deleted all the n- news notifications oh, on my phone. Yeah. yeah, just because the news isn't actually there's no good news. News anymore. It's it's just clickbait. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's very little that I feel that is. Um, I mean, maybe BBC. You know, they're always like the golden child of of that uh, journalist standard, but. But I just don't feel like I feel like removing myself from that whole entire realm of where it's like, hey, look infinite at this, look connection. at this. Yeah, and just like infinite, endless information. Mm-hmm. I, speaking of Seth Godin again, he wrote this blog the other day, um, which really, really resonated with me. And I think I'm probably going to like write something else. But he was talking about things that never end. Because with Instagram and Twitter, and the news cycle, and all that, the whole point of it, and the whole thing lives on there never actually being like a finish date, where you say like, this is it, publish, I've put something into the world. Like, the whole entire system revolves around more, like, whoosh, whoosh, you know, and just Just like, hours. Just hours of infinite, just infinite. Nothing. Yeah. Exactly. And, uh, and I, I tried to, like, remove myself away from from i don't know systems or infrastructures or or whatever it is you want to call it i'm not one of those like fuck the man type guys but i tried to remove myself away from things that like don't end and i tried to like be purposeful about my work and actually like finishing projects and like Mm -hmm. shipping it he calls it like you have to publish something yeah i think that has a lot to do with it for me like my happiness has really gone up
0: it's it's not even that it's just such mindless entertainment and i try and stay away from facebook and and instagram and stuff but like with the recent pictures and everything like i was talking about with you before it's like i am so obsessed with knowing how my stuff is doing because it's like a wow i'm like actually proud of something and like yeah. put time and effort into it but then i find myself doing that and then all of a sudden i'm scrolling through facebook and look I gets you man and somebody's asking for i'm looking for a good nail salon by me. It's like, just Google it. You're just asking for attention. I got you. And pu- yeah, it's just the level of connection that we have with the world. And I think that's one of the reasons that people think everything is so terrible because you're just constantly being told all the bad. You don't turn on the news too often. And they're like, this is all the there's good, a good shit. story. Yeah. Be a- Let's do that. Let's do a news show where it's just feel good shit. That's, that's our new podcast. So you and I meeting in the morning. Twenty minutes talking about previous day's good shit that happened, right. and then why it kind of sucks. Well, let's too. finish
1: this episode up with that. Then let's find something good that happened. Hold on, let's look for. Let's look for. Let me choose positive news story.
0: Flint, Michigan, still doesn't have clean water. It's been crazy, like three and a half years. right? You
1: see yeah. those poor. See, but look at us. We're feeding into the cycle. I mean, but no, that's that's really bad. It's terrible, man. And like those poor people talking about how like their skin itches all the time. Mm -hmm. I don't even like having dry hands. Well, I'm not even going to go there. Okay. So there's a website called the Good News Network. The number one source for good news. For 20 years, our positive news from around the world has uplifted and inspired millions. Good news in history. This is great. All right. Here we go. So this
0: is in the past. Something good that happened. No, no, no. That
1: was, this is March 12th, 2018. Yes. So we're going we're gonna to finish this podcast with a, a positive story. Indian district becomes first territory to be 100% solar powered. A district in India has just become the first in the country's union territories to be 100% powered by solar energy. Dewey, D-U-I, I'm butchering that, I'm sorry, which right. has a population of roughly 56,000 people now holds a solar capacity of 13 uh, MW, I'm assuming that means megawatts, I yeah. do know. <laughs> uh, 3 MW of which are generated from rooftop units, while the other 10 MW are generated through regular facilities. Before Dewey started building its own electrical infrastructure, the district depended on neighboring territory to provide for their energy needs. In addition to being more expensive, this tactic has resulted in huge line losses throughout Dewey. Um, okay, this isn't too long. Uh, blah 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 blah. Dewey's peak time demand for electricity goes up to seven megawatts, and we generate about ten point five megawatts of electricity from solar daily from solar energy daily. This is way more than the consumption demand requirement. It's great. Fifty six thousand people are now completely off the grid. They're not dependent on anybody else. They're not dependent on their well,
0: I mean, I'm sure the city's got stuff, but it's it's about renewable energy. But yeah, that's, but, that's you fantastic. That's I mean. a good story. I feel really good about it. Nice I was hoping it'd be about a puppy. I'll just look at pictures of puppies yeah, while but... I leave here. No, that's how we said we were gonna end it. Let's just that's it. Done. Done. All right, guys. No. Uh Thank you so much for listening. Music for balance.
1: Yeah, uh musicforbalance.org.
0: Uh, dot com.
1: Musicforbalance.com. Don't visit
0: that. Just go to my Instagram. My blog sucks, like I said before. So
1: Instagram blog. is Music for Balance. Yes. We're gonna look at John's pictures. We're gonna encourage John to be a music festival photographer because I know he's passionate about it and he wants to do it. If anybody listening to this, uh Runs a music festival and they want to hire John full time.
0: Or you don't even just let me go. Just let him go. Just let him go
1: for free and he'll take pictures for you. (laughs) Um, Thank you to everybody who subscribed to my podcast. Let me know what your thoughts are. If you like um, the little 10 to 15 minute episodes I've been doing or if you like the interview style better, Um, I'm definitely interested to hear your thoughts. Please subscribe. Please leave me a comment and a rating on iTunes and Spotify is the best thing you can do. support the show and i appreciate you guys a ton talk to you next time thanks john
0: you're you're, you're welcome oh my god my hair
1: hey guys it's me it's tim one last time before we wrap up just wanted to say thank you for tuning into the podcast please subscribe on itunes please leave me an honest rating please follow me on spotify it's the best thing you can do to support the show If you want to find out more, go to timstods.com. Feel free to fill out the contact form to reach out to me personally. I always respond. I appreciate you guys so much. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one.